For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Best Bets show here on the Field of 68's YouTube channel. We are the three-man weave. We're presented by Bet Rivers, Jim Root. we got Kyle McEwen, Matt Cox, Sun Direction, whichever, whichever way you're seeing it. We're all here. Matt's back in Chicago. Kai is boots on the ground. I'm going to let him hold, hold holster where he's at for a second here. Uh, before you reveal that, Kai, do you have any takeaways from yesterday? Not sure how much you got to watch while uh, cruising the roads. Yeah, uh, Jim, takeaways. Middle Tennessee gets revenge on UAB. How about that? In fitting fashion, by the way, overtime, it's the only way it could have happened after last year's Conference USA tournament. Uh, also, Sparty, surprisingly competitive without Malik Hall against Purdue. Uh, a golf clap for them. Sounds like he's out for a while. Sucks for him that they probably go down a couple of notches. Matthew, what do you got? Hoot, hoot. Just going to keep mentioning the Owls and how awesome they are. Like in the all-time sleepiest um, dead spot against a hyper-talented team, they still delivered one by two touchdowns on the road. And hearkening back to the UAB, staying in the conference, USA gym. Turn off your alarms, Matthew. Be professional. Uh, selling UAB continuously throughout the rest of the year. Um Andy wow. Kennedy has like the sky is falling quotes in his pressers now. And it's like, okay, I don't know if I, I didn't buy it totally before, but now it's like, okay, there's some real, some real issues there. Yep. And no jelly really, no really jelly. hurts. Um, that that kind of cuts into their major production. Second leading score in the country, I believe. Uh, I'll give a shout out to Miami, Florida for the massive comeback against Syracuse. Looked like they were dead and buried. Orange really, really missed out on a big time potential win there. Uh, and then also Illinois fellas might really be back uh just a mm -hmm. fantastic road performance i feel bad for for what this might say about what sky clark was doing to the team but they have certainly been a lot better with uh the pecking order more sorted out okay we go to the outline now we start with a big old rivalry in the little apple kansas a one point one and a half point favorite on the road excuse me at kansas state Kai, I'm going to go to you first because you might have an interesting perspective on this one. I do. I'm going to be in the building, Jim. First time in the octagon of doom. I'm seeing K-State, Kansas. I am stoked. We saw what Kansas did in the hype environment against Mizzou. I'm hoping that's not the case tonight because my best bet's on K-State. I'm fully going full homer here. I'm riding with the purple fans in the audience. I think my seats are pretty good. I'm stoked to watch. Uh, you know, matchup-wise – K-State's defense has lagged in the Big 12, to say it politely. Uh, I do think KU has some edges there on offense, uh, especially from the perimeter. But I like the heart of the octagon, Matt. We all know it's a tough place to play. I'm rolling with the crowd. Best bet plus one and a half now. Bet Rivers took money, went down. Is it against the rules, Jim, to vehemently disagree with your colleagues' best bet, especially when he's in the building? Because I, I do. I like the Jayhawks. Yes. Um, shocking and not surprising to, uh, well, I guess not shocking or not surprising to anyone watching who has watched this all year. I, I know K-State's really good. I, I think this is a great spot for Kansas. They Three road games this year, Mizzou, blowout, um, impressively came away with the victory and cover at Texas Tech. And then um, 
to go into West Virginia and take care of business as well. I mean, I think it's a team, Jim, with like the veteran nucleus of uh, Harris and McCuller and Wilson. I mean, they have some youth obviously there, but like they're not in any interest in like blowing teams out at home. And I think that's why they've actually not been as good as a home favorite, but they're trying to win games. And I think this is a better spot to back them as awesome as Fog Allen is. I think KU is actually a better value bet on the road. And I think going, what, Kai, how long's a drive? You just did it. About an hour it's or whatever. About, it's about an hour West. Lawrence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think they get this done tonight. I will say historically, though, K-State always plays KU close, it seems like, at the Octagon of Doom, and this year they have a categorically better team. Matt, I, I'm never letting you get Dana away disagrees. with these. They play I love it. Well. I love it. I'm bringing the data for it. you. Uh, Kansas has won nine of the last ten outright, covered seven of the last ten. Uh, I believe it's only wow, three and two three at the Octagon of Doom, though. Uh, going even further back, Kansas won 15 of the last 16. Like they don't lose to Kansas State. Uh, nice. 10-5-1 against the spread over that 16. But Kai's the new era. This is Jerome Tang. This is not Bruce Weber. Yes. Hard to take all that historical stuff as fact when it's a completely different team. I'm here. Uh, Keontae Keont- Keont- Johnson. Yeah. Kai's yeah, in the and Come on. Back in the home squad. So there are some factors that are certainly not showing up in that data. Um, I fear that. Uh, Kansas has the right kind of matchups for Keontae Johnson. Uh, mm-hmm. They've got a lot of big wings, and you can just kind of rotate those guys on him. McCuller, Wilson, Dick's not really a lockdown defender, but you've got a lot of bodies to throw at him. And K-State doesn't have the depth of offensive options. You need Carter hitting shots. You need Masood hitting shots. Uh, you need those complementary threats to be uh, stepping up in a big home environment. So we'll see. Um, I kind of lean more towards Kansas just because like they win games and it's, it's not a big spread they have to do, but uh, Kai, how about this? Kansas by one, your best by yes. covers and I'll take it. It's kind of right. Yeah. I just want to get, you know, point in your favor game. real quick, Kai. I just, yes. sorry, Jim, two of the yes. last three at K-State were close. I'm vividly remembering the one in 2020 and the last year I was very competitive, but you're right. Every other game, I'm just going through Ken Palm, KU with, hey, with K-State's conviction. been a little bit down recently in years right. past. This is not Jacob Poland's. Well, it is this year, but it's not this. It's, it's not, not Michael Beasley's State team last couple of years, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's they not the what the 2019 it. team that tied for the conference championship. That's right with, with Kansas. Like that's uh, it's fun. It's 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 in the past now. Uh, but let's move to a couple other Big Twelve showdowns here. I wanted to do the whole first section Big Twelve, but there's only three Big Twelve games today, mm-hmm. so couldn't fill the whole pre-chat mob section with it. Sorry, Matt. The theming got a little bit thrown off. I know it's that right. bothers you. It's fine. All out. I'll tolerate it. Uh, we'll go to Hilton, Hilton Magic here, Hilton Coliseum in Ames, Iowa State hosting Texas, two and a half point home favorites here, Matt. Do you still believe that Texas is better on a neutral than Iowa State? Texas feels like the team that's gotten away with some real coin flips late, some mm-hmm. comebacks. Um, are they better than the Cyclones? Do you think this line is correct? No, I, I'm sorry, I guess. Technically, I think it's a it's a fine, a fair price by the book of handicapping, whatever you want to call it. Um, and that kind of stems from the fact that I feel like Iowa State was overrated for most of last year, um, the betting markets. Um, and I felt like to start this year, they kind of were. But now I've completely flipped the switch to like, no, Iowa State's undervalued. And that's saying something at 13th in Kempom. And I think they're especially undervalued against this Texas team, which I've been beating the fade drum for the most part the last couple of weeks. Um, Iowa State should have won that game in fog. They're awesome. I thought the loss of Koontz would actually be a huge loss because he's such an awesome shooter. I think that team yeah. sometimes can go through scoring shooting routes. Um, they've got it by committee. I think Holmes is a great, you know, running the show. Cal Schwartz continues to hit tough mid-rangers. They protect the rim at all costs. Uh, yeah, I take the I think the clones first half is my 
Um, my preferred wager here, Jimbo, just looking at what Texas has done in the last two second halves. Uh, Marcus Carr talked on this program after dark, I believe, about how their team has that second half. We can come back from anything mentality. Uh, I think that that trend maybe continues today uh, at Hilton. Maybe a, so a slow start is what I'm saying for the, for Texas. Not at Hilton Magic, baby. Not at Hilton Magic. Both these both these teams are four and one in the Big Twelve, but Iowa State's like way more impressive. I mean, that's just a fact. Texas could have lost to Oklahoma, TCU, Texas Tech. They could have dropped all three of those games and be in a completely different uh, standpoint right now. Um, Iowa State's defense is just good, man. It's relentless. Uh, it's tough. Texas can't relax with the ball. They've been pretty good handling the rock, but, man, in, in Hilton Coliseum, it, I think it's going to be pretty tough. Uh, they're only going to get one chance on the, on the majority of their possessions, right? Iowa State defensive rebounds better than any team in the country, it seems like, especially in the Big 12. And their offense is actually been really good, Jim, in Big 12 play. Uh, hot shooting for sure. Yes. Um, but regardless, they attack the glass with a fervor. They get loose balls. They're extremely well coached. So I actually lean towards the clones here at Hilton. The magic's real. I'm going Iowa State and K-State. That's right. I'm back in the, the up-and-comers right now. Yeah, I'm I'm close to back in Iowa State, too. I just am really not sold on Texas post-Beard. They've won games. They have not, like, dropped in analytical rankings very far. But, like, I test, it just feels like they need some really, really hot runs late in games for them to win. Now on the road, students are back in Ames. You're going to have full Hilton magic. I, I would definitely lean towards the clones. Kyle, you mentioned hot shooting. Gabe Kalsher shot 24% from three last year Yeah, in league play so far. He's shooting 49% from three, mm. like literally doubling his output from beyond the arc uh, in three tier a games categorized by Ken Palm pre-conference. He was one for 14 from three. And now suddenly mm. he's like a scorching fireball. Like how long does that last? Is it real? I'm skeptical, uh, but I still just like the spot for Iowa state, a little bit of a sell of Texas. Uh, I would go clones in that one. Next up, Baylor at Texas Tech. The Bears had a big home victory against Oklahoma State over the weekend, dominated a Musa Cisse list Cowboys team. They actually lost at home to Oklahoma State last year, so there was some revenge factored in there. And then Texas Tech, still winless in the Big 12, gave Texas a heck of a fight on the road with the return of Fardaz Kai. Yes. Does he make the difference here? Is this what's going to get uh, the Red Raiders over the hump and get their first conference win? I think it's Tech's game. The market agrees. Um, them being a two-and-a-half-point favorite basically tells you all I need to know because on the number, I kind of lean Baylor, but the spot's all Texas Tech. Yeah, 0-5 in the Big 12. Four of those losses are by five points or less. Again, like Texas, their record could look a lot different if a couple breaks go their way. Amax back. He made a big impact last game against Texas. I think 12 points off the bench. He's only going to get healthier, more in shape. He's huge for their depth. I mean, Bacho was already playing very well. Now you add another... Uh, you know, potential all-conference guy when he's fully healthy. I think that's huge for them. Baylor's looked a lot better, Matt, the last two games, but, uh, excuse me, it's, it's still a very tough team. I just think this spot screams Texas Tech. Um, they need to not, excuse me, they need to uh, uh, pick up cheap fouls and work their opponent at the foul line, which I think they might be able to do against Baylor. But it's all environment. It's all spot here for me at Texas Tech. Yeah, that's why I didn't bet Baylor. I actually like Baylor just on the price. I think they like being a, a dog against Texas Tech. Um, I'm just not a fan of this team. Jim, I thought they looked somewhat inspired the last game with the return of IMAC. I'm not sure he makes like a world difference, but he does add another physical body up front at minimum alongside Bacho, which helps them. Um, and it probably could, could help in this matchup against Baylor. He's not, you know, exactly uh Thor in the front line. They're more positionless, more switchable. That's kind of their MO. Um, but yeah, coming off five straight losses, uh, the last of which looked very competitive, I think inspired. I, I'm not looking to fade them in this spot. 
Yeah, Baylor, I, they're two and three in the Big 12, but I do think they're kind of starting to ascend a little bit. Keontae George has been awesome in Big 12 play, like all-American caliber, kind of what we hoped we might get from him, which takes some of the creation burden off of Flagler and Cryer, who are better suited as complementary, <laughs> like awesome dominant shooters. So George's emergence, I think, really helps. Uh, but Texas Tech, man, yeah, having IMAC in there, they don't have to play O'Banner at center, and that like completely undercuts the defensive structure that uh, Adams has cultivated there. They're fantastic at protecting the lane, but when you're playing O'Banner, who's like a stretch four at center, it's it's kind of tough to live that identity. Um, So again, I'm with these guys. I like Baylor towards the number. The spot scares me off. I'm going to have to sit it out. The number I caught my eye last game real quick for Baylor, Jimbo, uh, assisted on 75% of their baskets against uh, Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. Like the ball was was zipping. It, it was good. It was good. Connected. Yeah. We have like to say connected. That's like the buzzword of the year. I feel like they're a connected group. Connectivity. Um, all right. Last one before chat mob part one, the ACC battle, Clemson at Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons, a minus three favorite here against an undefeated ACC squad in Clemson. Matthew, these two have already played once this year. Wake Forest was up seven at halftime at Clemson before sort of collapsing and, and really getting sort of run out by, by the Tigers in that one. Still no Alex Hemingway for the Tigers. Do they keep rolling here, stay on this, this big winning streak that they're on, or does Wake pop them in Winston-Salem? Yeah, well, they remembered what Brad Brownell does to Wake. I think Jimmy is you who brought up the just lopsided, one-sided stats in this matchup. Um, I, I have no reason to continue trusting such a, you know, it feels like a a loose anecdote or a loose trend that is convenient to cite, but the numbers are overwhelming and that performance was overwhelming. And given how good Clemson's playing in the big mode that they're riding with, uh, I, I'm not looking to fake Clemson. I, I did lean Wake though. I think I see some people in the chat looking to back uh, Wake. So if you're not scared by that stupid little juju that I'm mentioning, I think Wake's a good play. Sorry guys. My, my internet crept for just a second. I'm back. I'm back. Don't worry. I'm back. He's good. Uh, Clemson being 7-0 in the ACC is crazy to me. Uh, just crazy. <laughs> Wake's 5-2. and We see a little revival to their season after a, kind of a rough start. They just beat up the dregs of the ACC three straight games. But, yeah, Steve Forbes 0-2 against Clemson so far. We know what his predecessor did against them. We have the stats. And despite what you might think, which was surprising to me, Tigers, Clemson, not a bad road team this year. 3-1 and against the spread and straight up. Uh, they can play on the road away from Little John Coliseum. Uh, their defense has been this, their success story, basically. They, they have the number one defense in the ACC. They're shutting down opponents inside the arc. Maybe the, the perimeter numbers, Jim, are a little bit fraudy. Uh, I, I think that's due to come down a bit. Clemson doesn't really get out of pressure too much on the three-point line. But the interior numbers are real. Against Wake, though, they should have an advantage shooting outside. I think they can hit some shots. The number, though, having many Tigers, especially – uh-oh. Ah, nice. Uh, he lost just hit, about to hit the hammer point Take there at the end of his at the end of his uh uh rhetoric. But uh I'm I'm kinda leaning my back wake here. You're back, you're back, you're back. Hi. Fuck, man. Um I, I gave out wake on Vison. I, I think it's just a fantastic spot for them. This feels like it's gonna turn into a three-point shootout given the way both teams are very compact defensively. Both teams can really shoot offensively, uh, but I, I think Given the home spot for Wake, the more desperation, Clemson has been riding crazy high right now. Uh, I, li- I like Wake Forest in that spot a little bit better. And, you know, the, they've taken a little bit of money, which is surprising given how well Clemson has played. But, Matt, this is your classic. Uh, the 
the ranked team is the underdog. We saw a ton of these on Saturday where yeah, ranked road dog loses to unranked mm-hmm. home favorite. And I kind of see that happening again here. Yep. I agree. I like that. All right, Matthias, my my faithful chats are, what do you got for us? Yeah, we're not so faithful. Uh, just a quick note. Thank you, Ryan, in for pointing out that the weave is knock on wood 16 and two in our last 18 on the redacted network plays. Um, just a, a, a quick note. We're not oh, always. There goes that record. We, 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 hey, yeah, we, it's we, we going to crash down at some point. Enjoy it while yeah. it's cooking. Yeah, we, we, we had to beat our chest real quick there. Um, all right. Anyway, to Aaron Marshall's question, I'm going to go right to mid majordom, Jim, asking about the Chippewas. The Chips are catching eight and a half at home. Uh, they got Zaza back in the lineup last game. Kevin Boopy Miller is nowhere to be found. This point, that's kind of priced in. Um, so it goes without saying. But what's your take here on this matchup? They're playing. I'm blanking who they're playing. They're, they're hosting uh, Akron. Um, hosting Akron, Ak- yeah. Akron's been really, really good. Uh, but this is going to be an interesting test for them. Central Michigan's actually started to defend in league play. And Akron just played the turnstile that was Eastern Michigan. So like, oh, my God, this team's actually playing defense is going to be probably a bit of a shock for them. I would maybe lean towards Central Michigan first half, but I did not bet this game. I, I don't have a great feel on the Mac this year outside of Kent State and Toledo are good. That's like yeah. all I got. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Uh, hey, let's just jump right there to, to Kent State. Got a question coming in from Gelderman one. Kent State to blow the doors off EMU. I mean, I this is kind of like the recipe for some of our successful betting recently. Like I I think you just lay with Kent State. It's two touchdowns, it's a joke of a spread on the road at Eastern Michigan. But like what what chance does does EMU have to stop Kent State, I guess, is my question. Probably none. I wouldn't take EMU. So it'd be a case, Kent State better nothing for me. I'd lean towards Kent State. Yeah, they're just that much better. Kind of like the over there. Yeah. Eastern Michigan just over, yeah. points like it's their job. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah, I'd probably a whale play on a, a, a multi-max unit play on the team total over for Kent State is probably the best a bet there. Uh, Connor Platt, Jim, wants us to talk him off Florida State plus four and a half. Connor, I'm about to hop on with you on the Knolls at five. I was on the Knolls. The first meeting between the Irish and Florida State game was at Tallahassee, Florida State one. I believe they were a dog in that game. Now they're only catching five. I like the Knolls. I don't like either team, but I like the Knolls a little more. Yeah, they're a little bit better. Maybe Baba starts to give them some real juice, uh, an actual pro-level talent on that team. Notre Dame just cannot handle any size. And maybe McLeod and Baba are going to give them some troubles in the paint. Notre Dame's just if he depressingly bad right now. If he plays. If he plays. If he plays. Hi, Aaron Marshall asking about the total in Toledo. Um, I mean, Toledo overs, is that kind of an automatic play at this point? They're playing Ohio who can certainly score and can certainly give up points. So the recipe uh, does set up for a shootout. That is priced in though at 100, or sorry, 161, the current total. Yeah, you got to decide if you have an edge over the extremely high total. I wouldn't bet a Toledo under, uh, that's for sure. They're still one of the best over teams in the country. I'd lean towards uh, the over there. Their last two I think the Toledo overrun. I will yeah, I was going to say. That's two. Cochran back. I, I'm, people are sick of me mentioning Cochran. I, I think I'm doing it for a reason. He's an awesome defender. And for a team that had basically zero of what he brings, I think he does kind of matter. Uh, Matty Akers, Kyle, I'm going back to you. UNLV at Utah State, um, mm-hmm. which is not in our outline. My goodness. But Utah State, bet up to seven, open at five and a half. Touchdown, land it to you know via big number, but Utah State at home certainly warrants it. Yeah, I respect the home court too much to punch back, but seven's ridiculous. UNLV's really good. Uh, number being their way, but the home court has me scared, staying away. Jim Billy Evers, UMass plus 10.5 at VCU. It's been bet up from 7.5, as he mentions. I was looking to back VCU here. I 
I missed the number. Um, any interest in counterpunching or taking the the Rams at a inflated number off that insane comeback win at Dayton? Maybe slight interest. Uh, Luis is questionable, I believe, for UMass, which matters. He's been really solid for them as a freshman. Uh, I, but in general, it just feels like BCU and Dayton are like kind of rising to the top of this mm-hmm. league, and I'm sure that's part of why they took money here. Uh, I, I don't, I don't have a lot of interest in this one, Matthew. Kind of potential gross game um, because Georgia Tech's involved, and I think those three games are generally pretty disgusting. NC State is laying, as Rick White points out, five and a half. Uh, now it's up to six, painted across yeah. the board on the road. Thoughts on the side and or the total at one forty three and a half, which will be a pretty big tempo tug of war. I, I lean Georgia Tech actually, man. I, I think uh, they're pretty tough at home. They can be scrappy. They can win games uh, in, in this in this uh, arena. I'm not really excited to fade NC State because I've been kind of wrong on them all season. I've been ping-ponging with them a bit, uh, but I would lean their way at six, Georgia Tech. Yeah, don't we have some good data on passers and dogs? You know, I was hoping you'd, you'd dunk that. It's there, really good. They just lose Pass- at home by 11 to pit at home as a dog. So. I think he's the best ATS have- coach in the ACC. Hard for me to have sure. that on hmm. call when it's not an outline, Matt. Yeah, you know? yeah true. I'm sorry. Got to anticipate the questions. That's what all the great mobs or the great uh, czars do. Um Ethan also asking about, uh, or he, uh, Ethan, in addition, asked about Wyoming at Air Force. Um, man, just a litany of injuries for the Pokes, Jim. Uh, yeah, at this point, what do, you, what do you do? EK, Wenzel, Foster, Thompson, Kaiman missed last game. That's six scholarship players, like arguably six of their top nine. Like you get Odin, Anderson, Reynolds, and Agwin Polo. Okay, that's four pretty solid players, but they have no depth. Air Force is actually pretty competent. This is an altitude game for Wyoming. I guess they're used to it. Laramie's elevated. I just, right, yeah. I don't know if Wyoming has the bodies left anymore. They just got blown out at home by Boise State, and now they don't have Maldonado. So I'm not, no thank you. It would be Air Force or nothing, Air Troops or nothing. Yeah, if it, if it hit five and like Reynolds was playing or Maldonado, one of those two was Reynolds, playing. Reynolds, I Reynolds, is play. Reynolds is in. Or, uh, game. Okay. Ah, all right. I'm considering that. Then I don't know. They need one more guy. I still think it's too many, too many, uh, still a mash unit, as you mentioned. Uh, back to the outline. I'll, I'll round up a few more here. Not a massive slate tonight or tomorrow, really, actually. Condensed slate after the uh, MLK hijacked a lot of the games. Yeah. Okay. Tennessee at Mississippi State. That's where we'll go next to the SEC. The Vols lane six on the road against Mississippi State. Kai bounce back spot for the Vols after they lost at home to, yeah. to, uh, to Kentucky. The thing that stood out for me from that game, Kai, they lost the glass battle 43 to 23 to Kentucky. Got smashed, pounded. Mississippi State's a team that can beat you up inside with Tolu Smith, DJ Jeffries, all those guys. Is that something Tennessee needs to be concerned about? Or do we see them kind of right the ships and and battle back inside? Yeah, I was surprised to learn that big bag Tennessee guys is only two and three against the spread in the SEC. I I had that different in my head. Um, Still, Fading them is very scary. They have the ability to crush anybody like they did against Mississippi State, Matt, earlier this year. They won by 35 in a 62-possession game. That's hard to do, especially against the seventh-best defense in the country. They scored 1.4 points per possession. So it's very possible that this this Tennessee team just has Mississippi State's number. They might just be a matchup challenge for the Bulldogs, who can't really overpower them with physicality and toughness. Tennessee has that in spades. Mississippi State's offense is the worst in the SEC, so... Once again, though I lean the number, of course I do, because the market at Tennessee is so high, I cannot bag Mississippi State. By the way, they're shooting 51.4% for the free throw line this year in SEC yeah, play. Bad. That's not good. That's not a fun team to back. 
all they can do is hope to make this ugly. They did force 15 turnovers in the first game against Tennessee. They need to force at least 20, and they need to make this a brawl. I'm not sure they can do it, Matt. I'm leaning towards Tennessee or nothing. I kind of am too. Um, shockingly, I just don't I don't trust Tennessee as a road favorite, especially against a defense that can uh, throw some wrenches in what they do on offense and, and disrupt their, their rhythm. Um, but yeah, Mississippi State, I just, Jans' whole mood toward the team the last month has not been good. He, he kind of basically painted the subtle regression that they've been going through after that stellar undefeated start and after that MTE, uh, what they beat Marquette and I think uh, Utah in that, which is like, I mean, how well have those, how well have those wins aged at this point? Um, so yeah, I don't know, Jim, I was leaning toward Tennessee, but no appetite to win it. Yeah, I, I kind of made a joking comparison on Twitter that UConn is this year's Iowa State. It's more Mississippi State is this year's Iowa State. Like yeah. Some really solid non-conference performance, get into league play and get exposed, especially offensively. I, I, I see a little bit of parallel to that. Uh, I think eventually they'll write the ship and get up to 8-10 and 10 in the league, but I don't think it starts tonight. I think angry Tennessee, we saw the huge, huge issues they had in the first matchup. Mississippi State couldn't score the ball. I think that shows up again here, Kai. Uh, yeah, I, I would I would lean Vols. That's the number keeps me off of it. It's very high. All right, next game up on the outline. Jim, your host, remember? Uh, Creighton <laughs> is at Butler. Creighton's laying seven points. Man, Matt, this one jumped out to me because these teams played at Creighton recently, and Creighton laid eight points. And now they're on the road, and it's seven. I know there are some injury things going on here. Creighton has played better. Butler's played worse since then. Is that enough to make it almost an identical line despite the venue change? Yeah, I have kind of a, a split brain. Matt, technical right. I can't fathom that that's the case, and I should be betting Butler. And, of course, I've endorsed Butler all first what month and a half of the year. Um, but as I mentioned on the show this morning, I was mm-hmm. on. I'd given up on Butler. If anyone else is still on Butler, like, what are you doing? I, I've thrown in the towel. Um, and they have some potential injury question marks as well. I don't trust their depth, even though they've gotten deeper recently. Nothing is really working cohesion-wise. I think Craig kind of goes in there and smacks them. I do. It sounds like a fish play, Kai, but just I'm trusting my gut here. Butler is a house of horror for Creighton. They have not won in this building since 2017, fellas. It's terrible. Mm. Can't win at Hinkle. However, I was about to back Butler, and then I remembered, oh, yeah, Manny Bates. He missed last game. He's pretty important. He might be out again today. Kalkbrenner's going to crush them inside. It's not even going to be a contest. Uh, <laughs> uh, Butler finally beat a top 80 team again with Villanova. They're barely top 80. Their only other win against top 80 is K-State, which I mean, admittedly looks very good right now. And they didn't roll over and die like we thought they would against Villanova when they lost the lead. Uh, but this is a different beast. Creighton's a different animal than Villanova this season. Like you said, they took down uh, Butler by 22 in December in Omaha. I don't think they have any problems at Hinkle today, despite the history here. Um, I still think Butler kind of folds Jim to better competition, and no Bates has me staying away off their side. Yep, fully agree. We talked about the Eric Hunter splits against better competition. Well, mm-hmm. unfortunately, Villanova's not better competition anymore. This right. year. The team's just not yeah. good. Barely got by Georgetown yesterday. Uh, Creighton already smashed this Butler team in the paint, and that was with Manny Bates. Creighton shot 60% inside the arc, out-rebounded them 37-19. to 19. Again, with Bates. You take him out, Kalkbrenner even healthier. I think this is just an absolute bloodbath inside, uh, and, and that's enough for Creighton to roll. Uh, they don't even need to shoot the ball like they did last time. They made 50% of their threes against Butler in the first meeting. 
I think if they just have a normal shooting day, they're going to be just fine. I don't, I don't trust Butler right now. Don't trust him at all. Next up, my Badgers, Buzzcut Badge, hosting Penn State, Wisconsin, a three and a half point favorite. Kai, they have taken money largely because, as I would assume, reports out that Tyler Wall practiced in a limited capacity yesterday. Could be, should be available out there. That's massive for Wisconsin on both ends of the floor. Uh, Does that make the difference for you and and put you in a spot to back the Badgers? Oh, if he's in, I think it's a a Wisconsin bet. But if he's he's out, it's Penn State. Badgers 0-3 against the spread without Wall. Despite the fact that they've actually kind of hung around in those games, they just can't finish. Um, Penn State has tournament aspirations, man. This a win here goes a long way uh, towards them getting it at large. I think the Badger D is tough, but shooting is a great equalizer. Matt Penn State can pretty much shoot against anybody. It's a scary team to fade the way they can get hot, and there's nobody on Wisconsin uh, from the backcourt that can guard Jalen Pickett. They can't do it in the post. Um, he should find success, especially without Tyler Wall in the lineup. On the other end, if Wall's out, the offense just stalls. Uh, they're not going to really take advantage of this Penn State defense, which hasn't been that crisp in Big Ten play. Um, low, low possession game most likely. So that has me leaning towards Penn State if Wall is out. If he's in, I'd probably consider Wisconsin. I'm most likely staying away either way. I love Penn State today. Like, I love even if Wall play, I guess for what we assume he plays, we assume he's, you know, I don't know how effective he's, I don't think he'll be 100% effective. I think it's safe to say that. And Penn State's been off for basically a week. Like, I think if you're, Betting on a road team in the Big Ten, you need to feel good about the the days off and the spot. Like you're not caught in some like third game in seven days situation that you might get in the dog days of February. Um, Penn State went to Illinois and just handled Illinois. So we've seen them go on the run Big Ten and, and perform well this year already. I know that was during Illinois' swoon, uh, but still, like I think Penn State comes out and makes shots and and looks like the Penn State we saw in non conference today. I'm I'm curious how Wisconsin handles the Jalen Pickett post-ups because you don't want to double them. Wisconsin really doesn't want to give up the three-point line just in general. And then against this specific team, you can't. Like, what could happen to Indiana, Matt, when uh, Funk went nuts yeah. from deep? I think it was it Dredd that also hit six threes. Like, it's just ridiculous. If you, if you let this team shoot, they will bury him repeatedly over and over. Uh, I think there is something to what Kai was saying about Wisconsin hangs around and then can't finish without Wall. Because Wall's their closer. He's the guy they go to late in games, get me a bucket on that mid post. He did it against Kansas late, brought them back in that game. They just lack that gear without him. So if he's out, I think Penn State's a home run bet. But I I like the chat saying he's probable. He's going to give it a go. Uh, Matt, I would think maybe Wisconsin first half. Maybe you get like the shot into Wall and he's he's feeling healthy for the first half. Uh, And then that kind of wears off. He's in more pain, hobbled in the second half. Um, I would still lean towards uh, Penn State full game, even with Wall in there, because I don't think he's going to be super, super healthy. Last one on the outline, Houston, the number one team in the country, going to Tulane. Fellas, I'm just going to read you the margins in this matchup in recent years. Mm. Houston has won by 20, 14, 11, 25, 23, 21, 13, 35, 31. Yeah. Uh, Seven and two against the spread in that span. I think Ron Hunter is only seven of those matchups, and I I, I read nine of them. Uh, Dunleavy responsible for the two thirty point losses. But Matt, this is going to yeah. be a bloodbath on the glass. It always is when Samson teams play this kind of zone trappy scheme that doesn't really rebound. So I, I have a hard time taking anything but Houston here. What do you think? 
Yeah, and Jairus Walker is officially uh, playing today. Uh, I believe missed last game, and the two games before he was out, he looked like an absolute monster, uh, like the type of piece that I think puts Houston potentially in its own little, uh, you know, cabin in first class. If you're doing the stupid plane power ranking of, oh, of shots college of basketball Dykes. teams, look at that. I love that. And I'm sorry, Jimmy, I love you. That's actually really good stuff. Um, He's okay, but I love that. Uh, so yeah, Jim, that's what scared me away though from taking Tulane, a team that I wrote down as like a good money line spot today. I guess I'd say this. If you're ranking the order of bet, uh, value today, I'd say Houston laying it, Tulane money line, and then like a chasm to Tulane with the spread. I just don't think, I think it's a wide range. It's a very, it's a, you know, opposite of the spectrum outcome today. You know, if you bet Tulane as a dog, you win if they win the game as well, Matthew. I know, but I think it's going to be a Houston blowout or Tulane wins. The in-between is the least likely outcome in my stupid mathematical model in yeah. my head that I'm looking at right now. I, Tulane's been awesome. They've won five straight American games. Um, obviously, this would be enormous, but I don't see Houston rolling over <laughs> for anybody, even though the spread is big. Um, it was mildly competitive, Jim, what, two years or, or in the two games last season. Hunter certainly has made a difference. This is by far Tulane's best team in that stretch, uh, but this Houston team is scary. What Tulane, what Tulane needs to do is get to the line. They're the number one free throw attempt rate uh, team in the AAC. They're also the number one free throw percentage team in the AAC. Pretty good combination and a big reason why they're winning these games, especially down the stretch. And their guards need to step up. Uh, you're not scoring inside against Houston. It's going to be tough <laughs> to, to get anything in the paint. Their guards have to step up from the outside. So I don't know if I think Tulane's going to stick around here. I'm too scared of Houston. I don't see them winning, but – Hey, I've been wrong against Matty Moneylines uh, before. Yeah, I'd probably go Houston have. first half here if I had to bet it. Uh, I'm not going to, but I, I think Tulane's shot making can hang around in the second half. Uh, I think the physicality will kind of smack him in the face a little bit to start. Um, Houston, or excuse me, Tulane's covered five straight since the new year. They've actually been really trending up. They've uh, Jalen Cook looks healthier. Jaden Coleman looks healthier. They've got their backcourt pieces really playing well. <laughs> But man, yeah, Walker back in there for Houston, kind of an unguardable dimension for them. He can put the ball on the, on the floor or he can shoot from deep. He's big, he's strong, he's aggressive. Add that to Sasser, Tremont Marks playing really well. Their physical defense, the rebounding, uh, it, it's just kind of, it's a tough formula for Tulane to beat this team unless they're forcing a ton of turnovers. And like Kai said, making like 30 free throws. I think that's kind of a necessity. And it's at Tulane, so perhaps they get the friendly whistle. All right, to chat mob. Part two, Matthew, you are up. Uh, Scott H. asking about Murray at Belmont. Ooh, this line got bashed. Open minus four and a half, minus five, and now Belmont is laying a touchdown, Jim, to the racers who have been porous away from home. Uh, yep, Kyle, that was my reaction as well, but look at their home road splits. They are pretty stark. Yeah, that's, that's that's frightening. Um, it still seems a little high, and these two are actually yeah. familiar with each other. This isn't like the MVC facing new team. Like these yeah, it's the old OVC. Right. Uh, I, I would lean towards the road dog there. A touchdown? Man, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Belmont struggling with premier or close to premier athletes was kind of their kryptonite we saw in the OVC. I don't think Bel- I don't think this Murray team has that level, like that was the level that we saw last year, but they're pretty athletic. I think they can kind of maybe present the same issues and, and sneak inside yeah. that number. A Jacoby Wood revenge game here, right, Matt? The, the Belmont to Murray. State oh, yeah, transfer. that's right. The Belmont to Murray transfer. Um, Kai Ryan A and a few others asking about San Jose State, New Mexico, the fighting Tim Miles, catching 10 on the road at the pit. Do you have a take? I leaned towards New Mexico State, excuse me, New Mexico, which is not a popular opinion, I don't think. I think the the market loves San Jose State. 
I've seen people on Twitter like San Jose State. I lean towards New Mexico. I'm really in on this team. I think they can blow them out. Yeah, our uh, our one of our go-to mobsters, Mr. Harry, said uh, it's been an auto play for him. 12-5 and five, um, against the spread this, this year. So, yeah, it's something else. Uh, Mexico? Doing or, or San Jose State. Um, no, San Jose State. Both these teams have been oh. just against the spread juggernauts all year. So it's a two yeah, unstoppable forces meeting. Yeah. Jim, um, oh yeah, Ryan A's other question. Thank you. I lost it on my little cheat sheet here. Georgia at Kentucky. Are we gonna fade Kentucky off that win at Tennessee, or is Kentucky solved after one random good game? I, I don't think they're solved. I, they just I tried a lot harder. That was literally the difference watching that game, especially defensively. They gave more effort. And I could see that walling a little bit after a top five road victory. Now you play presumed dregs of the league, Georgia, who is actually pretty competent. Mike awesome. White's got them competing three and one in the league now. Uh, basically double digit spread. Yeah, I, I think Georgia can hang around the same way LSU did at Kentucky. Yeah, they're Georgia's four no against the number in SEC play covering by an average of 10 points a game. I know four games is a small sample, but still uh, yeah. 10 point average covering margin. You can tell the odds makers are still uh, these are not Tom Crean's Georgia Bulldogs. I think that no. the uh, we're finding that out. Uh, Ray is asking me to turn my hat forward if I like UIC plus three at Valpo. I'll turn it to the side because I don't really have a take here, Kai. Um yeah, we like this drives basically nothing. Home court's nothing. Valpo's kind of in disarray. UIC is whack-a-mole city. And this is like the biggest stay away from me on the spread today. I guess I'd lean UIC. Uh, Valpo's terrible. That's, I still think they're in shambles. They beat Evansville, but everyone, everyone does that. So lean UIC or nothing. Jim, Peter K., uh, Alabama, Vanderbilt. Um, obviously some notable off-the-court stuff here. I don't really have a any appetite to break this game down do you have do you yeah i don't want to talk about that i will just say that miles have been ruled out for the season uh with an ankle injury before <clears throat> the off yeah. the court stuff so it's not going to affect the rotation they're fine with that um right. is there some strange mental stuff possibly i mostly just think alabama's awesome uh and can defend like crazy they can score when they're knocking down shots and maybe vandy's a tougher place to shoot because that weird backdrop and the benches behind the the basket, but I don't buy too much into that. I kind of like the under, though. I think Vandy's been very smartly trying to slow some teams down. They did it to Arkansas for quite a while, um, and their defense, you know, especially the way Alabama defense, too. I think this could be a little bit more of a slugfest and, and slower game than the, the pace projects. I think that's all we got. I'm sorry. I'm sure someone will chime in saying, how dare you miss my question? I think we hit most of the key ones. Any games on the slate? Uh, hey, Kai, I'll Matt, throw you I'm just kicking, a little. No, I'm kicking to you, Matt. Bowling Green Buffalo okay. total, 163. Yeah, over, right? I don't know. Bowling Green gave over. up 108 points to Western Michigan. They gave up like a 70-point half to Western Michigan. It's ridiculous. And this has like the Buffalo DNA of Buffalo just smacking the middle to bad teams in that conference and not letting their foot off the gas. I think that's a, that's a good play. Kyle toss you one that I felt was basically Please do. the lamest game on the sled. Southern Illinois hosting Evansville, the Salukis hosting the Aces. This is a 17 point spread, 125 point total. So kind of a, kind of yeah. like a Virginia crockpot situation here. If you're looking at the back of the Salukis. Evansville has been truly terrible, indescribably bad in in Missouri Valley play. Part of that is Siku Kale being out. They play basically seven guys, and they're just not any good. Um, so I'd lean towards SIU or nothing. Yeah, I mean, like, they played a similar-ish Bradley team and lost by 45. Like, they could yeah. get sucked. <laughs> good home court, too, SIU. Yeah, yep, I agree. All right, uh, let's get to best bets. All right, best bets. Um, No, we're going to Kai first. Kai, you've already revealed yours, but reiterate it. 
Emaw, K-State. Is that how they pronounce it? Emaw, E-M-A-W. Every man a wildcat, Jim. Plus one and a half at home. Octagon of Doom against Kansas. I'm in the building. Go Cats. Give it to him, Kai. Matt, what do you got for us? Yeah, the Paris 11 stepped out my best bet. It's looking at the Flyers. Dayton, first half, minus five and a half. Dreadful, dreadful second half collapse against VCU at home last game. Uh, they were dominating that game. They basically dominated every game they played the last six prior to that. Uh, I still think Dayton's for real. Um, that was just a situation of we don't have a real point guard and we faced elite pressure. Davidson will bring nothing of the sort. And I don't like the Davidson team in general. So it's not only a great matchup, a great spot. Um, but also a little bit of the fate of Davidson. There's a lot adds a, a lot adds up here. Um, so looking to kind of ride that first half streak. I'm you know one and zero. So white hot, Jim. After yeah, the, the Vaqueros got it done for me. A, a Davidson team can't shoot. Uh, they're shooting 24 percent in league play from three. They're shooting 30 percent in the season from three. Like that's Davidson's whole identity is spacing you out. They can't do it at all. So yeah, good luck <clears> scoring inside against Dayton. Uh, my best bet is Western Michigan at Ball State under. 145 and a half. Uh, both these teams have been playing the faster uh, Mac teams, uh, Toledo, uh, Buffalo, Bowling Green. So their, their tempo is a little bit inflated, but Ball State's actually playing really slow offensively in league play. APL uh, possession length is really, really slow. I think Western Michigan knows they can't super score with Ball State. They're not going to put up 100 like they did against that pathetic Bowling Green defense. I think we see this one uh, slow to a bit of a more half-court game or possessions. And definitely do for some shooting regression, Scott H's favorite word, uh, on the defensive end here, given the way uh, all State's opponents have been shooting from three. So I think between that, the slower tempo, uh, kind of the, the opposite slingshot where they're playing two slower teams after playing a lot of fast ones, like the under 145 and a half there. All right, that is it. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. This is our Tuesday show. We are back on Wednesday, the exact same time. We'll be right here. Probably even the same producer behind the scenes. Shout out to Jacob. Kai will be in another city somewhere, I think. You're right. Uh, We'll find find out where that that will be revealed to you all tomorrow. Uh, (laughs) But we, we will see you then. Thank you for tuning in. Good luck on your bets tonight.